morning. That's a good word. That, I'm seriously though. That uh, I mean, T-shirts, bumper stickers. That was good. Um, if anyone, if people, when they come up to me and they want me to pray with them, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. If you want me to pray with them about financial hardships, the first question I ask is, are are you tithing? Are you doing the foundation? Are you tithing to your and and if the answer is no, I usually don't even pray with them about the other thing because it's pointless. You know, if somebody's like, hey, can you give me a price on a paint job on my car? And I'm like, your car doesn't have any tires. <laughs> what good is the paint job? It's going to be a really pretty turd in your driveway. That's all, that's all it's going to be. It's going to be pointless, worthless. And so that's, just so you know, like if you're, if you're like, I hope Nate will pray with me about my financial thing and you're not tithing, just... Go to somebody else for prayer. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can still come to me, and I will basically uh, love on you as much as I can. Um, but that's just, it's so good, yeah. Um, I'm going to, um, so f- I'm so glad that I heard from the Lord. Here's how I, I I'm, so, I'm so relieved. I was going to preach this morning part two of uh, uh, Do Not Be Deceived. Um, and uh, from, from a few weeks ago, I preached part one. Last night, I got a phone call from uh, Jessica Schweeters, and she shared a testimony with Kaylee and I, and I, I, knew, I knew all week I felt weird about the sermon, not that there was anything wrong or anything. I just, I was like, hmm, I just kind of kept an open mind, and then I got something new early this morning. So um, what's really funny is that it's John 5, 1 through 9, which is when the angel comes to stir the, stir the waters. Promise. Promise. It's right here. Plus, I already gave it to Sloan it's, uh, I, this morning. Sloan just threw these slides together like a boss in about 10 minutes. So, um, But uh, anyway, it's really cool. It's, really, it's, it's great when you, when you find out that, oh, I did hear from God. That's good. Um, and it's not, I mean, really, if you're, if you're preaching the word of God, you heard from God, you know, because it's his word. But uh, this is just uh, the rhema for today was about healing. And here, here's part of the reason why I believe the Lord wants us to go this direction, because in the last six months, I think it's one of the things that the enemy's really tried hard to steal from the church, okay? Many, many things, obviously, he tries to steal, but, but physical healing is one of the things that's been, that's been suppressed, and I think one of the reasons is because it wasn't in its rightful place maybe begin, in, to begin with. Things that aren't prioritized correctly often uh, when when the orange is or when when you're squeezed, what's inside comes out, and so and that's usually we use that to to determine if there's goodness in your heart, right? If you're squeezed, are you gonna cuss or are you gonna say praise God? You know what's gonna. But in this case, it's it's when you start to get when you start to get pressed, all of the things that are that are subs or um, peripheral uh, issues or beliefs or whatever, they kind of get thrown out first, and then it, the things that are really foundational are the things that stay. And, and I, uh, I've found or I've, I've noticed that because of all of the noise and distraction, just so many narratives and things going on, we, we've, we've sort of, and I'm not saying we as in River in the Hills, but the church seems to have just kind of pushed to the sideline a few things. I don't think we've done it here necessarily, but I want to I do my part and, 
and I think this is what the Lord's saying today, is that, is that he hasn't changed at all. Um, and, and really want to talk about, about physical healing and give an opportunity for people to get physically healed today. Like prayer has been that people walk in here one way and leave another. I'm going to talk about some of those things today too. It's kind of funny also, just as a little bit of a side note, but uh, um, again, to help make this point of why I believe that the Lord's speaking this this morning. Um, I, in the last 10 years, there's not been much that I agree with Pastor John MacArthur on besides that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. After that, we, yeah, I don't know if he thinks I'm saved because I speak in tongues or not, but I think he's saved and he's a brother in the Lord. But I've sure been agreeing with him a lot in the last couple of weeks, and I think that's really interesting. But did you guys know that there are this less than 6% of churches in America are meeting like, like we are right now? Did you know that? I just read that a couple days ago, and I had no idea that it was that, that, it was that low. And that, that's something that I really, be, I just want to challenge you guys to just pray about, um, just pray for, for courage, um, pray for wisdom, um, and for true, true love um, for leaders that are making these decisions. The decisions aren't easy, uh, but I think they're necessary decisions. I'm not saying, I'm not telling you that I have the answer and the correct, I don't, I'm not telling you that, I'm, I'm not trying to pronounce what all of these different churches should be doing. I'm just saying it seems like some sort of a travesty that only 6% of churches in America are, are meeting like this. So um, it's, it's not good. It needs to change, and, and it can. Okay, it's not too, Somebody wrote an article this week. I read it, and it said, is it too late? Is, is it too late for America? And I was like, no. And then <laughs> I, read, I read the article anyways, and their, their, their standpoint was that they believe it might have been too late for America. And I was like, well, that seems very defeatist. And, but... Uh, um, I was like, have you read? Anyways, but uh, I just, I just want to challenge us to, to press, press forward and to gain momentum and to fight in prayer and to fight with fasting and to fight with love um, because those are, and, and with worship. Those are really our tools. We talked about that at our home group on Friday about gaining momentum and about, about really uh, being able to step back. And if we can focus on the Lord, if we can keep our focus, if we can double down in our giving and in our, you know, when, when every, everything around you says, tighten up and, and, and save and, and starve and, and do all these things that, and, and, and don't give. That's when you give double is when it says to do that. And then uh, what was the third thing if you were in home group on Friday? What was the third thing? I didn't write this down. Moment. Oh, that was, it was uh, love. That was the third thing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> It was, uh, it, it, was, it, it was focus on Jesus, double down, and love. If we can do those things, we can gain the momentum we need. Okay, now, open your Bibles to John chapter 5. As you do that, I'm going to invite Jessica Schweders to come up here. She's going to share a testimony with us as we get started. She, she called us last night, and this is the testimony that she shared with us. I said, will you please share that in the morning? And she's very graciously said yes, so yeah. go ahead. Thank you. Um, wow, this is awkward. Can I just look at you? Yeah, here, <laughs> that's one, that's one person. <laughs> I'll look at Suzanne. She's beautiful. Um, yeah, so last week, I've, well, I've been having back problems, um, and so, and just really haven't been able to move a lot, and at home group, we all prayed, and I'd, I'd been like to a chiropractor and everything because I've just been in so much pain. And then 
So kind of at the, it wasn't, it was probably at the peak of soreness and stuff that y'all prayed for me at home group on Friday night. And I just was believing like nothing, not like there was some small shifts. And then Rachel declared over me like, you know, by tomorrow I was just going to be whole. And I went on a bike ride on Saturday morning and then, and it just seemed like things were good. And I was like, cool. And like, and, I, and it wasn't until Saturday evening that Rachel asked me, how's your back doing? And I'm like, actually, it feels really good. And I was like, there's a little bit of soreness, but and she was like, she just like comes over to me and is like, it's all gone. <laughs> and I was like, so she prays over me, like commands the pain away and it left right there. And I was like, I was like bending like y'all, I can't do that before. That's just crazy. So that was really powerful. And then I have something Wait, to add quick, on to How it. long had your back been hurting? For well, since last Thursday, so but actually, this has been an ongoing problem since beginning beginning of July. Maybe. So thank you. I'm like believing for whole healing, and I'm just and I wanted to say this because I feel like this is something that's really important to share, because I've had healing from the Lord before, and it was like taken by the enemy. Like the I don't I don't know if that you've all ever experienced that, but. If you ever have a healing and you feel like the pain comes back or something, whatever it is, comes back, just start commanding it away and declaring your healing because I had to do that last night. I was like, I kind of felt it come back and I was like, nope, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Nope. <laughs> and, it, and it went away again. And I just, even this morning, had to keep on declaring it. And it, I'm, it's like a training. It's like building my muscle to like fight against the enemy. So like, yeah, I'm just believing for whole healing. And then I have another really quick testimony that I just, because some of us hit on it a little bit. Um, and, oh, yeah, that's beautiful, though. Just keep it going. There's, like, there's like the background music. At least it's a good song. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I um, probably about a month or so ago, I went to Nate and Kaylee's house, and I was like, y'all, what do you all think about that verse that says for us to test the Lord in our finances? And... They were like, yeah, you can't. I was like, so I can really, like, do this? Like, I can really just, like, come on, Lord, show me show me what you're going to do. And they're like, yeah, you can. And I was like, okay. And so they kind of gave me some guidance. And so I did. I, like, went above and above what I normally give. I was just like, I wanted to be put, I wanted to, I wanted it to hurt, if that makes sense. Like, I wanted it to feel like, oh, this feels like I'm, like, okay. So I did that. And... I was just kind of like waiting expectantly for the Lord to bring things back. And he just started like pouring a blessing through some other um, a side business that I run. And he just started bringing up all these clients that I've never talked to out of the blue. I didn't lift a finger to do marketing or anything. He just brought them to me. And then I, I'm not sure yet, but I have to do the math. But I think he paid me back dollar for dollar what I got, what I got back or what I gave. And then um, I've had some pretty big medical expenses lately. And I was just like, Lord, but I just felt so much peace on it to like do, to pay for it. He's put me in a good position with my job. I'm just really blessed in that area. And I'm like, yeah, Lord, I just trust you. I, it was kind of like hard to do, but I was like, it's going to be okay. We're in a pandem pandemic, but that's okay. It's all good. But last night I was with my beautiful friends and we, there were like two letters on the table for me from Wells Fargo. <laughs> and I was like, what's that about? And it said something about remediation. And I was like, well, that's weird. So I open them up, and two of them are checks for, like, really large amounts. Or, like, one was a smaller amount, but the other one was a really large amount of money that covers all the costs of my expenses. And I was just like, whoa. So I'm just saying, like, test the Lord in this, because he said, 
He told me this morning, like, the storehouses are full, and he's ready to release things to us. So just, yeah, I was just agreeing, so much in agreement with this morning with everything that you were saying and all this. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Sorry, that was long. No, that's great. Yeah, ushers, if you could, no. We're not even talking about giving today. Isn't that amazing, though? Do you guys, how many times have you heard or quoted the verse exceedingly and abundantly beyond what you can ask or imagine? Okay, he didn't even, the Lord doesn't tie those two verses together. From Malachi, it says, test the Lord. And then, and then where, it says, where it says, he's willing and able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can ask and imagine think. Those aren't tied together, but he ties them together. You see, he, he, already, he already measured back, he had already measured back to Jessica the amount that she had measured out right? That already had come back, and then he went above and beyond. Why? Well, because that's who he is. That, he doesn't actually know how to do it any other way. Man, if you can't trust him with your finances after that, whoo! All right. Are you in John 5? I'm not. Now I am. Okay, a little bit of preface here. Um, this, the, the, the chapter before um, John 5 uh, is uh, Jesus is, is going and he sits with the woman at the well, the, the Samaritan woman at the well, right? And he, he tells her, in her words, he tells her uh, everything I ever did, right? Come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. She, he's there. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be talking to a Samaritan woman because he's a man and he's a Jew and there's no one else around. Her husband's not there. There's no reason that he should be talking with her and he talks with her and and uh, about water and about, hey, if you had a drink of the water that I'm offering, you'll never be thirsty again. And she's like, what? And she didn't understand. And he said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had seven. The man you're living with now, he's not your husband. And she's like, <gasps> and she runs back into town. And the, the many in the family get saved, and they beg Jesus to stay two extra days, and many more Samaritans from the village get saved, okay? Then he goes back to Galilee. Do you guys remember the first time he was in Galilee, what happened, right? So he, he goes into his, his hometown, and, and he later declares himself the prophet without honor in his hometown because he stands up and he reads from Isaiah, and, and they're like, who does this guy think he is? No, what they did was they, they, you see this moment where they go, because he, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he starts, he starts reading the prophecy about himself, right? It's very self-fulfilling and, and funny. But he, and, and, he go, and, and he goes, or I'm sorry, and the people are kind of listening. And then somebody speaks up and he goes, isn't that Joseph's son? And the faith all leaves the room. And then they start getting mad. And they chase him out of town and try to kill him. So he's back there, which, you know, that's cool that he went back. But... Uh, when he arrived, there's this royal official that runs up to him and says, my son's dying, and, and Jesus declares him well without ever going to see the son, and it turns out that this royal official was actually like more than a day's journey from his house even, and that his servant member met him on, on when he's running back to his house, met him and said, your son's good. So Jesus is coming off of those things, right? He's coming off of, off of intercepting and disrupting ways of thinking and ways of living that were not aligned with the kingdom. He's, he goes to speak to a Samaritan woman. That was not, that was not kosher. <laughs> See what I did there? Okay. He goes in and he, and he heals a, a royal official's son. And, and 
where, where why would a royal official come to a lowly fish, you know, carpenter for healing? He's disrupting kind of the, the usual way of doing things. Um, and then we get to John chapter 5, and I'm just going to read the few, first few verses here if you want to follow along with me. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate is a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Some of your versions might say Bethsaida. And which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Now stop right there. Your Bible might have verse 4 in a footnote. So I'm going to read it. It says, uh, And they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool, after each such disturbance, would be cured of whatever disease he had. And back up to verse 5. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I'm, when I'm trying to get in, someone else goes in ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Yeah, they'll always be that person, by the way. So, <laughs> Verse 11, But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. Verse 12, So they asked him, Who's this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? And 13, The man who was healed had no idea who it was. <laughs> For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. And Jesus later found him at the temple and said to him, See, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. I love this story. Okay, this is not theory. This is not a myth. Everybody on that same page, this really happened. Okay. Um, a lot of you probably have the question, why is verse 4 not on the, on the middle of the page? Why is it in the bottom? And there's a lot of um, discussion and argument about that, and I like to keep things super simple. Um, so basically what it is is the, the earliest manuscripts that they used didn't have that verse in it, but some of the later ones did. And so there was, there was confusion or some sort of some sort of disagreement between the people who canonized this portion of Scripture and to whether or not it belonged in the middle of the page or as a footnote. So that's why. Some of your Bibles might have it in the middle of the page. I think some of the translations put it in there, but, um, but that's, that's why. So there's a little bit of, there's also a little bit of cloudiness as to whether or not it was an angel of the Lord that was stirring the waters or a, a different spirit, or a different angel, an angel of, of the devil, maybe. And there's, there's lots of stuff you can study on both of those points of view, and, uh, and you can if you want to. I encourage you to. I have, and some of it's really good, and some of it seems not so good. But um, here's the point. The point is there were a lot of sick people there, and they all wanted to get better, which is why they were there. And obviously, from time to time, one of them would get healed when the water seemed to bubble or stir, okay? Whether that healing was coming from uh, an evil spirit uh, or that healing was coming from the Lord, 
uh, is not the point that I'm going to talk about this morning. Uh, I personally believe it was coming from the Lord, but there, I know that there's different beliefs out there, so I'm not going to talk about that this morning. But uh, what's really cool is that when Jesus comes on the scene, he walks into, just picture the scene. Okay, this is like a hospital, or it's like a, it's not even like a hospital, it's like a triage center, right? People are just laid out around this sick, lame, blind. This guy had been lame for 38 years. I'm not even 38 years old yet. He's been paralyzed longer than I've been alive, which is a cool, which is an interesting point later on when we talk about what Jesus says to him right at the end, but we'll get there in a minute. So Jesus walks into this scene, he's on his way, he's entered, entered into Jerusalem for a feast, and he goes by this pool, which is next to the temple. And there, I don't know, maybe there were, maybe there were 100 people there, and he, he walked up to one. Isn't that cool? He walked up to one guy, and what did he say? Do you want to get well? Which, is, which means it was obvious he was not well. Okay, If he was lame for 38 years, his legs were probably atrophied, and he probably didn't look very good. Okay, Also, Jesus knew that everyone there was sick, but... He walked up to one person and he said, do you want to get well? And what did the guy do? He didn't say yes. He did want to get well, but his excuse, or he blamed, he blamed his ability to not get healed on the fact that he couldn't get wet at the right time. Man, whenever these things get stirred, there's nobody to carry me in because everybody's sitting there like this. <laughs> Can you imagine how many false jumps there were into the pool? Like, there's a bubble. People are like jumping in. They're trying. I'm, I'm, but I'm serious. This wasn't the only pool like this where there was there. And really, where the where the belief comes that this was a um, where the belief comes from that says that this was kind of a pagan thing that was going on here is that the 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 there was a move in Hellenist, Hellenism basically that w- that had a lot of ceremonial cleaning and a lot of worshiping of gods that were in water. And you go and you bathe and you get healed there and you. Wet, dry, wet, dry. This minute, and it, and that's kind of where they get that belief that this is what was going on here. It's possible, but um, that set aside, his his excuse. This man was that if only I could get in the pool, if only I could get in the pool. And he kind of looks at Jesus. Well, well, I can't get wet, so I'm doomed forever because I'll never be the first one in because I can't walk. I love Jesus here. He doesn't even respond to the guy's response. He doesn't try to teach him about his bad theology. He doesn't try to teach him about faith. He doesn't correct anything. All he does is say, get up, pick up your mat. And the guy's like, okay. And he gets up and he's healed. It's an amazing miracle. But here's some things that I want to point out about what happened here. Jesus, remember, was on a path to destroying an old way of thinking. Okay, if you've read the Sermon on the Mount, it's basically what the Sermon on the Mount is about. It, the, the theme of the Sermon on the Mount is, you have heard it said, but now I'm saying to you. Like, you think it's this way, but I've actually come to show you that it's this way. And he, he, it's an upside-down kingdom, and he's demonstrating that everywhere that he goes. He does it again right here. See, these people believed that they needed the water. That they fully believed that they needed the water. And Jesus actually came and said, actually, what you need is me. You do not need the water. Everything that you thought you needed was misplaced faith. Place it in me. And then he showed them by a sign. Um, I love here, too, that Jesus, he doesn't have a, he doesn't doesn't give us like a, 
uh, an instructional guide on like a how to heal the sick, where it's like, well, first you lay hands on them, and if that doesn't work, then you tell them to go bathe seven times in the nearest body of water. And then if that doesn't work, you spit on your hand and you make mud and you put that in their eyes. If that doesn't work, you just declare them healed and send them home. If that doesn't work, I mean, you, don't, you can't do that. You know, Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. So it was different for every situation based on the time, place, person, and what, and what he's doing. Because what God is doing is much larger than one healing, two healings, three healings. And so when Jesus, when Jesus is in tune with the Father, see, Jesus did all of these miracles as a man in perfect communion with the Father, not as God. Right? You guys know that, that he humbled himself and became man, became obedient to death. But he set aside the access to his deity so he could do these things as a man. And in doing that, he heard from the Father and did what he saw the Father doing. He said what he heard the Father saying in every situation. So if we go, if we go about life and ministry trying to mimic situations rather than mimicking his lifestyle. He had a lifestyle of hearing from the Lord and being in intimacy with his father, which resulted in him being able to, to spit in someone's eyes and not get yelled at. Unless you're Heidi Baker, please don't spit on people unless you're really hearing from the Lord clearly on that one. Because, be, but you know what? Nobody said anything about it because, he was hearing, because the Lord said, this is what I'm doing. So in this case, notice Jesus doesn't help the man into the water. He could have easily said, I'm here. Here, come over here. We'll wait for the water to be stirred together, and then I'll help you in so you're the first one in. He could have done that, right? But he didn't because the point, while Jesus was moved with compassion and Jesus wants everyone to be healed, right? That, that's, his, that's his heart. His heart is healing. His heart here was actually much bigger than the healing. His heart was this man's salvation. Because he says it at the end, he says, you need to stop sinning so that something worse doesn't happen to you. What's worse than 38 years of paralysis? Eternity in hell. That's the only thing that's worse. And so he was, he was much more concerned with, that. he loves that this guy's walking now, but he's much more concerned with the bigger picture and much more concerned with coming in and destroying a bad way of thinking for everyone else who saw the sign around the pool. Everyone else who saw that sign was waiting there for the same thing. Imagine, imagine, many of them maybe been waiting there for a long time, a long time, and they see this guy who's been paralyzed for 38 years get up and walk without getting into the pool. And they go, yeah, let's do it that way. It, you, you see how it, it destroys a paradigm, though, and it can really offend you, though. If you've been waiting there for two years and somebody gets up without having to have gotten to the water, you're going to get offended. That's what Jesus came to do, destroy the works of the devil and offend everybody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oftentimes, <laughs> they do go hand in hand, but um, all right. The Pharisees didn't like this, Okay. They, they, what do they say? Why are you carrying your mat on the Sabbath? Not, hey, we've seen you lie here for 38 years not being able to move. This is interesting. You're not supposed to be carrying that mat. It's Saturday. Oh, my gosh. The religious spirit and the, and the spirit of stupidity are just so closely connected. So closely connected. But listen, you... Don't ever fall into the lie of believing that if only they could see a huge miracle, then they would believe. I'm not talking about they, the Pharisees. I'm talking about you, you put anyone in the they. 
you have a family member, you have a friend, you have a coworker who's just like just an agnostic, or even even a fellow believer that's just anti-healing or whatever, anti-miracle. Oh, God doesn't do that anymore. You're like, oh Lord, if they could only see, if they could only see someone's leg grow out. If they could only see an, an amputee gain a leg back. If they could only see someone raised from the dead. Don't fall into that lie, because it didn't work with Lazarus. Okay, it didn't work here when this man who'd been paralyzed for 38 years got up and walked. It didn't work. Okay. And it didn't work when, when Jesus raised, listen to this, Lazarus's rotting corpse, okay? It wasn't a fresh death, okay? It was a rotting corpse without AC, without any, I mean, disgusting, smelly, rotting. It didn't work. He raised him from the dead, and what happened? They plotted to kill him and Lazarus, okay? We know from the scripture that they succeeded in killing Jesus. We can only assume and safely assume that they succeeded in re-killing Lazarus. If only they could see this man raised from the dead, then they'd believe. No, they just got more mad. Okay, so don't fall into that lie that if only they could. Because it, it, really, it really, what it does is it sets, the, it sets a precedent that heart change is based on, on experience. Or heart change is based on, on what I've heard or what I've seen. And it's really not. It's based on work of the Holy Spirit in us. So let's, let's, leave, him to the heart, or let's leave the heart change to him. All right. Jesus Forgive me, this is only the second time I've read through these notes, so <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm honest with you. Um oh yeah. If Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, and we are to only do what we see that Jesus did and is doing, we can, we can walk with confidence knowing that not only, not only is what uh, we, we hear in Mark 16, 17 true, which I'm going to read in a second, but you know what, I'm just going to read that now, hang on. Mark 16, 17 says that these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, they'll pick up snakes with their hands, when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. In a few minutes, the ushers are going to hand out the snakes, and then we'll... Um... No, but listen. Listen to this last part. They'll place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. If it's true, and it is, if it's true that every follower of Jesus has access to this, to lay your hands on sick people and see them get well, then surely you have access to have your hands laid on you so you can get well. Do you understand what that means? The emphasis here is on the minister. But I promise you that as the ministry, <laughs> making up words, the receiver of the prayer, I promise you that, that you can see yourself as one that not only has access to healing, but that it is actually in God's, like the longing, every longing of his heart to see you well. Do you know how I know that? Because he died and took all of that on the cross for you already. Now listen, it's really easy, it's really, e it's not e I mean, it's not easy, but it's easier to say, amen, yes, I believe that. Amen, yes, God is a healer. Amen, yes, we believe that, that God's a miracle working God, we sing it, you are. I don't sing it, Rachel sings it. <laughs> 
But, we, but that, that part's easy. But it's hard when, like, you've been sick for a long time and not been healed. Right? It's hard when, when you've been sitting by a pool for 38 years and, and you're like, you're just kind of giving up. And you've actually found something to blame the fact that you're still sick. You've found something to blame it on. So you just have to ask you this question. What is your pool? What is your pool of Bethesda? Okay, maybe there's more than one. But, or I would say, what, pool, but I believe Bethesda means mercy pool. Is that right? I think it means mercy pool. I think. Don't quote me on that. I just, I didn't have time to look it up. I think I remember that. And so I would say, what's your mercy pool? What's the thing that you've placed faith in for a healing that's not Jesus? Now, maybe you have a level of faith in Jesus for your healing also, but what's the other thing that's there, the mixture? Because it's faith in him alone that brings salvation, healing, and deliverance. Sozo, all three things. And so if there's something else, whether now listen, don't, don't misquote me or mishear me here. I'm going to explain it. Listen to the whole thing. If you have placed faith in your doctor or medicine, your faith is misplaced. I am not saying stop taking your medicine. Did everyone hear that? Okay. But if you are taking a medicine in hopes of a healing, if the hope is directed at the medicine and not Jesus... It's, it's misplaced. It's misplaced faith. Because, because either Jesus is the great physician or he isn't. And if he is, then he's the one that we should be looking to. He's the one that we should be giving thanks to when healing comes. And he's the one that we should be going to first for each and every ailment, each thing that's been hanging on, even the small things. This isn't small for me. I hate these things. <laughs> this is huge. But if we're going and laying by a pool in hopes of something else happening, we'll probably be laying there a long time. Okay, here's what we're going to have a ministry time right now because this is so important. I believe people are going to get healed today. Jessica, your testimony is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I and I love that. I love that it. You guys know there's healing and then there's the miracle. Miracles more. There's so many more definitions to this. I'm sorry for the fire hose of information, but. Miracles are like, bam, I was blind, but now I see, right? It, healings actually can take time. This took at least 24 hours, okay? I love, it's, it's still a healing, it's still God, okay? So many times, we, especially in church settings, we'll even hear, we'll even, uh, when Pastor Glenn was giving words of knowledge earlier, I love that, right? A word of knowledge is meant, it's a tool to activate faith in you to respond to what God's saying, okay? That's what the word's there for. The word is not an exhaustive list of everything that God's capable of that hour. Did you hear that? It's not like, oh, shoot, he didn't say my thing. Maybe next week. No, 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 no. It's not that at all. Word of, words of knowledge are meant to activate faith in the hearer where the Lord says, hey, today I'm doing this, this, and this. Well, t- the Lord's doing everything every day. Okay? But sometimes he highlights things because we need the urge or the extra bump or the extra swift kip and, you know, <laughs> to, to get up and go, that's me, yes. Where you can align your yes and your amen with what God's already said. If it's a word of knowledge, then he's already declared that he's doing it and he's waiting for us to grab a hold on our side and say, yes, I agree, yes. Okay? If, if you need healing 
for anything in your body and the word of knowledge wasn't given today, you still go to the same place, Jesus. You still come to the same physician. You come to him the same way, humbly and open. Have mercy on me, son of David. Okay, but so many times I've seen in my own heart, I've seen in, church, in this church, I've seen in other churches, I've seen on the street, when we come to Jesus, we come with, a, with a, a demeanor or even a spirit of defeat and skepticism. Even though you're spirit-filled charismatics and you speak in tongues and you believe he's done this stuff and you'll pray for people to get up out of wheelchairs, when it's time for your healing, you're like, oh. I'm just saying. Not everybody. I'm not accusing anybody. This is supposed to be encouraging. Do you know why? Because it, I'm telling you what God is not like, <laughs> right? Wait, right? He's, Jesus isn't going like, oh, you again? What is it this time? I've already saved your, your soul from eternal suffering and fire and damnation. I've already, what do you need now? Seriously? Your foot hurts? That is not, that is not him. If you, think that you're, if you think your thing is too small for him, then you don't know how much he loves you. If you think that your thing is too big for him, you don't know how big he is. If you think that because you, you got healed of this already, so, and then it came back, and now you're like, well, I guess he wants me to have it. Oh, that is a lie. Break that crap off right now in the name of Jesus. Because here's the truth. He healed it once. It's like the easiest faith, the easiest thing to believe in is something you've already experienced. The easiest thing, you're just, it's like, well, he, he totally sovereignly healed my back two years ago, but now it hurts again. But he already did it once, just believe for it again. And I love what you said, Jessica. Paul Norris always says, return to cinder when something comes and it's not actually addressed to you. Just say, ah, sorry, that's not mine. So why don't you stand this morning? I want you to position your heart right now with anticipation and victory, and here's why. You can confidently be a victor this morning because Jesus Christ has already conquered death, sickness, demonic oppression. These things have already been taken care of. The check's been written. You don't have to write another one. You don't have to ask him for more money. There's gonna, if, the, if you're assigned to pray with people um, over on this wall over here, if you could just go over and get ready. If you, if you want to um, get prayer with a physical gap in between you and the person praying for you, um, there'll be a prayer over here, um, a few teams over there. Um, and if you would like prayer, we're gonna hug and kiss you. No, but, uh, but if you'd like, if you'd like, regular prayer? What do you call it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying not to let too many of my opinions come out. But um, then we're just going to be at the front. We'll just be respectful. But um, don't, oh my gosh. I just want to break off spirit of skepticism. Just close, close your eyes right now and examine your own heart. If you're not sure 
If Jesus wants you healed, just take my word for it. You can take his word for it. Take my word for it now. If you're not sure, if you're if you're not sure if you have access to him because you are actively sinning in your life, well, you actually need him now more than ever. It's not a, it's not a reason. This man by the pool of Bethesda was not a believer. Did you get that? That Jesus actually told him to stop sinning so something worse doesn't happen. He actually warned him about hell, which means that he still needed his soul. If you don't know Jesus, as your savior this morning, if you haven't made him Lord of your life, then I believe that he wants to heal your body as a way to, to invite you in to communion with him. It's one of the things that he does. He grabs our attention with a sign and a wonder. If you have any pain in your body this morning, a lingering side effect from something that happened years ago, other things here. Damage in your nerves. These are a couple words of knowledge. Remember, not an exhaustive list. Damage in your nerves or new end, or uh, nerve endings. Um, if you have aches that you've learned to live with, specifically in the hips, knees, and feet. If you have anything else, if you want prayer for bad eyesight, I pray for mine all the time. If you you want to come to Jesus this morning for physical healing, then I invite you to just come to the front. You're not coming to Pastor Nate. You're coming to Jesus. And the prophetic act is just walking forward to him. You're not walking to the pool waiting for the waters to get stirred. You're walking to him. I believe that this is a a Kairos moment, like the one where the angel came and stirred the waters. The Kairos moment is true. That principle from this story is true, that there was a time and a place ordained. And I believe wholeheartedly that this is a time and a place that's been ordained. Do not let the devil steal anything from you in this moment. If you've got confusion in your mind right now, come forward because the confusion doesn't come from the Holy Spirit. I've got to get rid of that. If you've got shame, then you need to come forward because that's not from the Lord. If you've got fear, you need to come forward because that's not from the Lord. If you've got anguish and you've been dealing with this for years and years and years and you're just worn down and tired of praying for it, You've prayed for it thousands of times. You've had hands laid on you thousands of times. You've been to Reinhard Bonnke. You've been to Bill Johnson. You've been to Graham Cook meetings. And you still haven't gotten healed. Come down. Come forward. Here's the thing about healing. Here's the thing about the character of God. That you, can, you, can we come all the way up to the step just to make rooms in the aisles? Just come all the way up here just to make a little bit more room. Here's the thing. I remember when my mind got changed about healing. It was when I got, it was one of the times I got healed. Instantly and supernaturally, it was amazing. I'll never forget it and the pain never came back. But here's one thing that I went, I went, you know what, Lord? If I never see another healing again, I'll keep preaching about it. 
and I'll keep believing in it, and I'll keep praying for it because it's who you are. So your experience, if it doesn't line up with who God's revealed himself to be in Scripture, then blame your experience. Don't blame him. If your experience has taught you anything different than what the Lord teaches about healing, stop believing your experience and lean into the truth that's in his word. Because if your experience tells you that he only, he only wants you healed sometimes or that you have to get yourself all cleaned up and then present yourself to him like the priest and, and then say, Lord, look what I've done for you. Aren't I, aren't I worthy of healing now? That's a lie. Because that's not, that's not how he is. That's not how he is. And so set aside the, bad, the, the baggage or the bad beliefs and just know that he is healer and that he wants you well. And you can come to him with whatever physical thing you have going on in your body and it's not too much or too little for him. Okay? So as the worship team plays, I just want you to come to Jesus right now. I, I, however it helps you, if you want to hold your hands out to him, you can pray out loud, you can pray to yourself, you can ask someone to lay hands on you, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with and coming to him alone and then if you feel yourself, if you have something where you can feel pain right now and you feel the pain leave, I want you to come up so you can testify about it.